Today in Movie World Lives, we talk about Top Gun Maverick and Emergency. It's time for Movie Wallers. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. And yes, as well. Movie Wallers is your weekly dose of film reviews, movie news, and general banter in theatres, on DVD, online streaming, or in the back of an airplane. If you love the movies, this show is for you. Hello, hello. Hello. Greetings. Here we are again, recording a podcast, and um, boy, am I excited to talk about one of these movies. But um, <laughs> before I get there, I guess we should talk about Pickleball. Because that's what we do on a movie review podcast. Like Rash, <laughs> Rashmi and I, we're, we're, we, we have a curfew here. Um, and part of that is driven by Rashmi's current addiction, which is playing pickleball. Like, you are hooked. It's it's like, it's becoming problematic. Really? Because, like, every... <laughs> and you're using a podcast to discuss this with me? <laughs> well, it's like therapy, isn't it? I mean, this is what you do on, on Movie Wallers. No, I'm kidding. But no, you you really do enjoy pickleball. Have, yes, have you played yet? No, he won't come and play. I have. See I, what have I mean not, about the I'm, Did I'm, you hear I'm that? I'm open to it. I'm very open to it. I want to try. Yes, yeah, so you're as open to it as you are to hip hop, which I've tried to drag you to. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but at least you've done that. You've done that class I've with me. I've done that once. Yes. yes. Yeah, I'll try everything once. Yeah, yes. eventually. So, for those that <laughs> so don't know, pickleball is like half size, half half size tennis, right? It's yeah, played it's the with, same dimensions as a badminton court, and it's played with paddles rather than rackets, and it uses a plastic, a kind of a hard plastic ball with holes in it, a wiffle ball, I think yes, they call correct. it. Correct. Um, but um, it's kind of sweeping the nation at the moment. And um, luckily, where Rashmi and I live, we have tennis courts that we never, we never use them. Even though I love tennis. And somebody mentioned pickleball. We was like, oh, that's okay, that's, let's give it a go. And it's actually a fun game. And number one, I suck at tennis, but I can play pickleball. Um, and I think the level of fitness, even though I think being fit would be a big advantage in pickleball, it's not as demanding physically as tennis. There's not as much running around. The ball can be controlled. It depends who you play with. Some folks play it kind of like a, a half-size tennis. Others play it a bit more strategically. So, you know, it can be a power game, but it's mostly a skill and strategy game. It's super fun. But um, it just makes me laugh how, like, Rashmi schedules pickleball once, twice a weekend. Everyone that we know has had invites to play pickleball. If you're listening to this and you would like to play pickleball, mail at moviewallows.com or, <laughs> or text Rashmi because uh, honestly, it's, it's, it's um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious though. You, you love it. And, and that's what we're about to play. People, I know many people who do. Yeah. Yeah. They absolutely love yes, it. So you yeah. have to come and play. Yeah, I will. I noticed. I, I noticed. Yasti chose to do a remote recording today because I threatened him that he might have to stay for pickleball Is that after. What happened? Yeah, I think okay. so. I know Yasti's no. game. Yeah. Okay. Yasti, little dumpling. Okay. <laughs> All right. Skills and strategy. I love those two things. Why pickle? Yeah, that, I don't like their name. It, it's a good question. We it should was, look that it up. Uh, and it, it, it's full of its own language. You, yeah. You, you're like, the, 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 the court is called a kitchen, I think. No, one part of the court. One part of the court is called the kitchen. Don't go into the kitchen. Uh, it's kind <laughs> of a... It, the no volley zone. That's what it is, yes. But the racket has the same, a specific name, and there's things, there's nicknames for people. You can call people lobsters because they do lots of lob shots. It's The scoring system is enough to drive you to the nearest bar. I mean, I'm like reaching for the liquor cabinet every time I try and figure out how to do the scoring because it, it's got a very specific yeah. custom to it. But anyway. Anyway, so 
Um, yes, here we are. Uh, That's why we have to be. Speedy. We'll have to segue. Yeah, we have to segue quickly into our movies so that we can go and play pickleball. But um, and it's not just us because then we could control the time. But we are awaiting others because it's generally a, a game that's basically, better played Rashmi can't wait it's better <laughs> played in pairs and Rashmi can't wait and I can't wait alright I can't wait yeah exactly to talk about our first kettle week, black calling which is Top Gun Maverick so who's introducing that one Mr. <clears throat> does it need an that, introduction yeah does, does Top Gun need an introduction it doesn't, but I'll do it anyways. So 1986 was when the first Top Gun movie came out. That of the Jerry Bruckheimer universe, directed famously by Ridley Scott. It took a then unknown actor whose only hit in Hollywood had been the, the cheeky movie Risky Business um, and made an action hero out of him. We are, of course, talking about Tom Cruise, who kind of rose to unknown international acclaim after the tremendous hit that was Top Gun. Uh, the movie, which was shot predominantly, I did not know at that time, but it was shot predominantly in San Diego at the Naval Base here and uh, starred Val Kilmer, Anthony Edwards, uh, Kelly McGillis and Tom Cruise. Um, and now uh, in probably more than 30 years, more than 36 years or so, uh, we have a sequel to Top Gun. This one is directed by Joseph Kaczynski. Joseph Kaczynski famously has done many collaborations with Tom Cruise. Uh, the most uh, the most remarkable one, I think, was the movie Oblivion that we all saw with Tom Cruise and liked a lot. That was a sci-fi movie. Uh, Joseph Kaczynski had directed that. And it's based on um, uh, a new script, obviously. Um, and the, cre the credit for the scripts is the credits for the script is pretty long. So Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. are credited for creating the original characters. Um, the story is by Peter Craig and Justin Marks, and the screenplay is by Aaron Kruger, Eric Warren Singer, and Christopher McQuarrie. Again, Christopher McQuarrie is a name very familiar to those who are um, familiar with Tom Cruise's universe. Christopher McQuarrie has been directing, I think, the last two or three of the. Uh, Mission Impossible films. So this is very much a Tom Cruise enterprise and this movie was supposed to be released in early 2010, I believe, and then... One, uh, uh, 21. The, sorry, 2021, and then the pandemic happened and while James Bond and, you know, many other movies gave in and ultimately did release, this one held to its guns and... To its uh, top guns. To its top guns, yes, and here we are at the hopefully the end of the pandemic, getting released internationally and making a bucket load of money. Uh, so the IMDb one-liner for the movie is that after more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell, a.k.a. Maverick, is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. Uh, the movie has some of the older actors such as uh, Val Kilmer is here, uh, as is of course Tom Cruise uh, but additionally we have a whole new generation of uh, famous pilots and that includes Miles Teller, Basir, Bashir Salahuddin, John Hamm is here, um, uh, Monica Barbaro, uh, Glenn Powell and many others and uh, Jennifer Connelly provides the female love interest. So is this 
a bottle of wine that deserved to be uncorked 30 some years later what do you guys think of Top Gun Maverick okay so uh, two days before the screening well, okay first of all you should know Top Gun the original is probably one of Joe's favorite movies ever and so two days before the screening we re-watched much to my much to my chagrin because it's not one of my favorites um we watched the movie again and joe insisted that we both watch it together um and i left there just saying to joe you know it's okay it's okay but there's no story like what's the story here and i hadn't rewatched it in many many years um so i'm happy just so people know, the original Top Gun is streaming right now on Amazon oh, Prime. If good. people want to watch it, and good. Netflix has it as well. Okay, good, oh, good, good ad. Um, so, so I was kind of like, you know, again reboots, um, you know, pre-sold franchise, blah blah blah, and I was, I wasn't super looking forward to it, and I have to tell you, I was blown away, blown away. This is such a superior movie it's nostalgic but it's new it's updated it's laughing at itself it's tender it's action-packed it's all about the action it's amazing and my god tom cruise has made a deal with the devil because he looks amazing i love this movie i love 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 this movie i'll even go see it with you again at the cinema joe good because you're going to oh uh yeah i um you know top top gun I, it, the original movie has has a, a following it's a, it's clearly a, a cult movie and it hit me at a time and an age um and where its particular style and content and its view of kind of you know masculinity and and it's in in many ways it's a maturing story of, of maverick all those things resonated and it also had planes right and as a kid i love planes right i love me some planes and it had all the one-liners and so you know it's an imperfect movie but it, it there, there's something about the way that top gun opens that gives me goosebumps every single time there's that you know gong sound that plays and immediately i'm just like I, you know shiv i can feel it now it's ridiculous how how important that movie is and influential it was for me at the time um so going into this i've been excited about this movie ever since i knew it was being made and it's been one of you know fortunately the pandemic uh didn't lead to anything of, of real consequence to us in our, our lives uh but one of my main frustrations of covid19 was this movie kept getting pushed out and pushed out and pushed out and pushed out so um maverick uh yeah, it's as close to perfect a job as they could have done with this. I think, you know, when you look at the original Top Gun, and, and I'm glad we watched it a couple of days before because there are lots of references that I may have otherwise missed if we hadn't. But um, it's it's definitely not aged well. I think it's it's move, it, it was a movie of its time. You know, Tom. I, I read somewhere Tom Cruise's character's dating uh, style and ritual from the 1980s would now be considered harassment. Um, you know, yes. so it doesn't, it doesn't really work. It doesn't hold up well, but when this movie opened, it played homage to all of the nice, all of the, all of the good parts. The opening credit sequence is almost a shot for shot mm -hmm. copy 
with updated planes of the original movie. Uh, but at that point, I was already like melting as a pool of like giddy, you know, childhood hormones and 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 excitement. Um, and then it just got better from there. It works really, really well. I don't think it makes any serious missteps. I think the um, the beats in the movie and the corrections it kind of makes. The bar scene is definitely like a, yeah, we didn't do this right last time. That was a bit, you know, sexist and the bet over whether or not the guy could get with the woman. You know, they changed it for a bet over a game. You know, they, they, they tried to kind of say, yeah, we knew that was not right, or at least not right for today's time. But then it amps it up all the way. And yeah, there is... There are some moments where you kind of roll your eyes. This this couldn't really happen. It's improbable. No, of course not. It's a Tom Cruise movie. It's Top Gun. It's an action movie. It's big. The flight sequences are are just they're impeccable. Uh, so just yeah, um, I am I am a big fan of this movie. This is this is made for me and and the kind of movie fan that I am. It's perfect. As Yazdi. we can tell from the intro of Joe's, yeah, <laughs> what Joe thinks. That was Joe's intro. Okay, Yazdi. I, I could do a podcast um, about this on I my think own. you could, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'd watched Top Gun growing up like all of us had. And, you know, it, I, you know, it was part of our childhood. It was, it was a big deal. I'm, I'm not <clears throat> big time into planes or any such thing, but it, it was very um, influential of, of a particular time. And then uh, I wasn't here when the movie released, um, and then the reviews were just so stratospheric. Everybody, everybody was like, this is how to do a sequel. And this is the, might be one of the best blockbusters ever made. And I'm like, that, those like, are really? pretty heavy laurels, right? I mean, people are like, oh, this is probably one of the best sequels ever. And this is one of the best blockbusters. And Hollywood has finally figured out how to do it. And so I went into this with a lot of trepidation, like, really? How, how can you... Because I think just the level of difficulty here is really high. I mean, that movie has not aged well, like you said. It's remarkably cheesy. Um, and how do you take that and kind of make something meaningful out of it? And after having watched the movie very recently, I get it. I get it that... Um, I get it why it's so lauded. I get it why it's 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 vacuum sealed. It's it's pretty well uh it's very well insulated against any kind of uh you know criticisms you might make for a movie of its kind. There are many goods, there are some bads which we can discuss in some more detail, but I think more than anything else, this to me makes the point that nothing, nothing replaces hard work. These people have worked hard. They've worked hard with the script. They've worked hard to kind of undo the wrongs of the previous one. They've worked hard to kind of make it relevant to the current times. I think there have still been some pretty big missteps, but all in all, I think uh, it, it it's very old-fashioned in a way that it kind of sticks with, let's just write the best script. Let's do the best way of filming this. Let's write... You know, let's create a true edge of the seat stuff. So I, I think it, it, it deserves the, the accolades and, and the monies and the money in the coffers that, that it's getting. Yeah, I think it's. Yes, really- wait, 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 wait. You don't get away with that. You <laughs> no, admire, you admire it. it, but I'm not hearing uh, you liked it. No, no, I liked it. Okay, no, I liked okay. it. I enjoyed it tremendously. I enjoyed it tremendously. <laughs> I, 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 I was at the edge of my seat. 
I forgot that I was watching a movie uh, many times, which is, okay. you know. Yeah, so yeah, I had yeah. a lot of admiration, but no emotion. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Well, there's a couple of <laughs> things which really bother me about it. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about it. It's a good job you're, we're doing this virtually, Yesdi. I might be reaching across the table to, to shake some <laughs> sense into you. Okay. Yeah, I, I think what I loved about it most was, A, they made a real effort to have a full fully fledged story with a, a beginning a middle and an end um and i think um it, it kept enough nostalgia right like i almost had tears in my eyes with the scene with val kilmer um and to see those old faces again because we grew up with them in a mm -hmm. sense um and i like how modern it felt you know the addition of some females in the in the um in the academy and um, I think Jennifer, diversity. yeah, diversity and Jennifer Connolly did a great job. Um, I just think it did a really good job of updating. Like it still kept that nostalgia. I felt nostalgic. It was like going to a 30 year school reunion and seeing mm. your friends from 30 years ago and having those same connections but everything's updated too and it felt relevant and i like the the action scenes and the plane scenes were breathtaking um you know again uh when i was probably like 12 or 13 years old i wanted to be a fighter pilot so um that left very quickly but you know just it was thrilling it was literally like being in the plane with them and i know they took great pain to have the actors in the planes and you know the cgi and all of the, i know yeah. they've like this is painstakingly done and it paid off the payoff is fantastic for, for movies that i'm this excited about i never watch trailers but i did because of the the delays here i thought well i'll watch one of the the trailers and one of the trailers they put out was a making of feature at which talked about how there was a whole training program for these actors so that they could go up into these planes and they're not green screen. They were in these planes shooting these shots. You can see the G-forces in their face. Um, it's not it's not simulated. I'm sure there's you know inserts here and there, but for for the most part, what you're seeing in in the air was shot in the air. And, and fi you know, props to these actors for for even you know going through that because there's some really physical, physically demanding shots. So the cinematography is is is, is spectacular, um, and. You mentioned Jennifer Connolly here. Um, she is pitch perfect in this, right? She's age appropriate for Tom Cruise, which I'm kind of glad that they 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 they, they didn't do that misstep. Um, but it, it it's also that that thread was very believable in in um, everything. Just kind of clicked for me, and I think there's so many places where I thought this could have tripped up and yes yeah, interesting to hear yeah. from you where you thought it might have I mean you know yes there's some contrivances towards the end in terms of um, you know who needs rescuing and, and those kind of moments and that felt me that felt a little bit larkish it reminded me of J.J. Abrams Star Trek the first the very first Star Trek where they're they're kind of running around in enemy territory um, in in you know <laughs> In situations which would ordinarily lead, be be almost instantly lethal, you know, they somehow manage to to prevail. Um, but you know, of course, they're always going to prevail because it's an old style Hollywood movie. Yeah, Yasti, tell us about what you think were the missteps. <clears throat> Before I do that, I will say what I really liked about the movie, and then I'll talk about the missteps. 
what I liked about the movie is number one, the script. It's always about the script. Damn it. Duh. It's always about the script. And this script is tight. It is focused. It is old fashioned and it's resolute single mindedness. At the very start of the movie, or maybe half an hour into it, we are we are given this is the challenge for the fighter pilots. And the entire movie is about that challenge. Okay, there is no subplot B or subplot C. And it kind of makes the case that, you know, scripts can be written that are airtight and you need to stick with one thing. And, you know, I, I really am I'm really annoyed with the Marvel Universe where you have all these 10, 15 other subplots about other characters and they never really resolve. And then you're supposed to have watched five movies ahead to understand what's happening in this movie. So I really like how how tight this particular script is. I like the time. I like that the movie takes the time to develop these new characters. You get to know the Glenn Powell character. You get to know the Miles Teller character. You like to know the, uh, I think her name is Phoenix, the, the Monica Barbarossa character. You, I mean, it's it doesn't just create these two-dimensional, you know, paper cutouts for them. You you get to know these this new batch of people. And then, like you have all said before, I love that the movie kind of avoids all the pitfalls of resurrecting a story this old. It knows what to repeat, but it doesn't just retread everything. I, unlike you, Joe, I was actually scared when the movie began because it is almost shot for shot, the, st- the beginning of the original one, and it, it felt very 80s and dated to me. I'm like, what is this font? You know, that was the font like 36 years ago. Why am I seeing this font again? And why this tacky 80s music? I think it was the same title card. Like, I think it was too. Maybe, yeah. Um, but, you know, there is no like, you know, you take uh, what, what, you take my breath away, gauzy sex scene. I remember that scene where there's like curtains billowing and Kelly McGillis is naked and all this stuff. So there's none of that cheesy stuff. But there is the beach, beach volleyball scene. There is the scene in the bar. And those are all kind of updated for the current time. So I think there's a hundred gold um, uh, landmines there that the movie could have tripped on, trying to kind of lean to back on the original. But they did a really masterful job. And then finally, as if you go to Letterboxd and reach a lot of the common commentators, I think no term describes this movie as well as it being the perfect dad film. It really is a dad <laughs> film, right? It's the film your dad is going to love. But it's it's so perfect in, in how it's being created and so lovingly kind of rendered. It, the movie is kind of paying homage to the old one, but not making, you know, and, and laughing about it, but not outright making fun of it. So I, I liked all of it. The two things I didn't like, and the first one really galls me the most, which is that the movie totally cops out in terms of presenting an, an enemy, the enemy in the entire movie is referred to as the enemy. It's not Iraq. It's not some other country. It's some random, unknown, unspecified country. Come on. You, can, you can't make a movie in 2022 and not tell us that you're attacking some place which is unknown. It's like, it really bothered me. It's like you want to kind of not offend anybody in the audience. And so... There is some other country where you have to go and destroy destroy these uranium resources, but you don't have the balls to say what this country is. So that didn't ground it in reality. And then it just became like a video game for me. Like it's some, you know, task you have to do and complete. So it really bothered me. So, so I get what you're saying, Yazdi. I actually like that it didn't call it a country. And those of us who know, know which country it was, right? You can, you And can, there are a couple of very and easy some, tells yeah, if yeah. you know. If you know, really? we'll, we'll talk I about it after. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So I well, didn't I, mind I that. I didn't mind that. I kind of liked it. So I liked here, it. Here's what I'll say. I mean, the, the original movie did that as well, right? I mean, I the original know. movie starts off somewhere um, somewhere over the Indian Ocean. Yeah. Literally, that's what it says. It doesn't talk about a country. It's in international waters. It doesn't ever talk about who this was. I mean, there are some red stars on the plane, right? So that might give you a clue. In the but, original. But, um, you know. And look, I think that would have bogged the movie down in, in kind of uh, political... Um, Gobbledygook. It would have added a layer and a dimension to this that I don't think it needed. It would have, it would have weighed it down, I felt. And it's know. not about who the and enemy right, is. It is a video game. In fact, the entire yeah. attack sequence is almost identical to the trench sequence in Star Wars, right? They have to I, shoot... An impossibly small target at high speed, like the exhaust port in the Death Star, right? It's exactly the same kind of goal that they have to achieve here in F-14s instead of... Um, oh, God, I I'm blanking Star Wars is a fantasy film. This one... It, so, it is this. For, so is no, this. No, it's trained for, <laughs> for plausibility because they take off and it seems like they immediately get to where they need to be. I'm like, did they have to fly for an hour? Or did they have to fly for... Four hours, six hours to get where they needed to. So well, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I got hung up on, on the little things. It yeah. is actually quite obvious if you know which country. Who's enriching uranium right now? And who has, who has, and this is a little bit so, of a spoiler, but who has a very specific plane? Only one other country has that very specific plane. So I wouldn't know that. Yeah. No, and you have to be a bit of a nerd to know that, but... Um, but, there we okay, go. Okay, so make so make up some country, right? Don't it, it just seem it just seemed to me like they were Iraqistan. Just being, yeah, just make it Iraqistan, Iranistan, or, or Iranistan, <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. you know, Russiastan or something. But it just it just it just felt like it was completely evading the thing. And then the second thing is, look, I'm so so happy for Jennifer Connelly because she looks like a million bucks. I I want to know what diet she's on because she looks like a straw. I don't know what what she did to to get ready for this movie, but. Uh, and I think she's great. I mean, she's kind of been forgotten. You know, she had, she was Oscar nominated for A Beautiful Mind and so forth. And I'm all for a Jennifer Connelly revival. But I actually disagree with both of you that that part of the movie is well woven in. I mean, she just shows up like the owner of this bar. No. You know, and, and the whole love story is so tackily shoehorned in. It felt like, okay... Maverick needs a love interest, so he runs so, into this old person at, at, who's the, who is now owns the bar, and then that whole part just felt very regressive to me. It felt here offensive is, almost. Here is yeah. why that. Here is why it was helpful to watch the original movie a couple of days before. There is a throwaway line in the original movie about Maverick making a pass on a certain admiral's daughter. I know, but this this was said admiral's daughter, and that was a lovely little callback, but. I, yeah, I know, but sure. it, it just it just felt like he met this person we never know, and then you know, three they scenes in, flames. they're kissing. They were old flames. <laughs> come so on, Yasti. Are you think telling me you the romance? Yeah, come on, come on. you're think, the mushy one. <laughs> I know, but I think the only reason this works is because Jennifer Connelly completely grounds this character. Her yes. character is a piece of paper. Okay, yeah. it's honestly a piece of paper, but she. Bless her heart, with not much dialogue, she completely grounds this. I believed her character, I believed who she was, who her daughter was, all of that stuff, and it's all her. Okay, that sounds like uh, a summing up. 
And then, no, there's one other thing I wanted to say. Okay. I, know, I know we're in a hurry. You know, you know those aircraft carriers where they give the hand signals to I'm planes to take off? La- rush, that's Rashmi right now trying to edge us along. But <laughs> yes. I want to talk about this. I've been waiting for years, 25 years to talk about this. I, I also love that this movie is so much about Tom Cruise himself. Yes. Right? So there are so many lines in this movie. Um there's the Tom Cruise-ness of it all. I mean, there are so many things which happen to Maverick which are totally, totally applicable to Tom Cruise, the actor. They're one there's and the scene- same. I mean, they are, if you think about the character of Maverick, that right. is Tom Cruise. I know. I know. So it, so that really works to the movie's yeah. advantage. And yeah. I actually I actually think Tom Cruise looks older in this, but he older does. in a very realistic way. Yes. So I'm happy for that as yeah. well. I think he looks but better here. Damn good. Yeah. Yeah. So all in all, a, a stingy eight out of 10 for me. Uh, the movie does a hundred things right for the two things it doesn't. Uh, I think people should believe the hype and go see it if they haven't already four times. Joe. It's everything I wanted it to be and more, which says a lot given how much I was anticipating this, right? So, you know, high expectations can be a killer. And uh, when a movie, uh, you know, checks all those boxes for you, despite its imperfections I, I can't fault it in any meaningful way and it's going to be up there on my list of purchases it's going to be there as a movie that I watch and over and over and over uh, I think I'm going to feel as fond about this movie as I do the original and so I I, I just I they, they didn't put a foot wrong for me um, and for that I can only give it my 10 i mean i loved it wow. it was excellent it was everything i wanted it to be and you know right. that that's a biased you know 14 year old joe still talking about that but that's what this movie did it made me feel that way again and and, and you, you know movies don't often do that these days and so i applaud it for that yeah it's a nine out of ten for me as well it was fantastic yeah. and this is someone who would have given the original one probably like Six out of ten, five out of ten, very average. It, it does improve <coughs> on the original in almost every aspect. every aspect. Just the half last half hour of the movie is just pure. Yeah, adrenaline. and I love just John Hamm. We didn't adrenaline. even mention John Hamm. He's a great mm-hmm. addition. We have to make a recommendation. I have to make a recommendation for this to be seen in the movie theater. Yes, the action Agreed. sequences will work on screen at home. But boy, is this this is the box office movie, right? This is this is this is why we need we need theaters. This is why we need cinemas. This is this is all about everything that I think Hollywood can create in terms of spectacle, and and it delivers in spades. So go see it. Go see it big, and go see it while you can, because it, it you'll 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 miss a treat if you don't. Okay, moving on because uh, there will be an emergency very shortly if we don't if we get late for our pickleball. So um, let's talk about emergency. Rashmi, are you going to yes, give us a background on that? The in, yes. Um, so th- I'll I'll read the Rotten Tomatoes um, entry for this. Um, actually, no, I won't. I'm going to do IMDb because they do a much shorter one. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, I was so involved in uh, thinking about Top Gun. But while you're doing that, I guess we can tell everyone that this is available to watch on Prime Video. Yes. So, exactly. Um, yes. On Prime. Yes. Yeah, so this is one you can pick. 
Absolutely. And watch and, uh, right away. Yes. Should you? Should you? Yes. So ready for a night of legendary partying. Three college students must weigh the pros and cons of calling the police when faced with an unexpected situation. This is directed by Kerry Williams. It's written by um, Katie Davila. And it stars, I think, a fairly new group of people, except one that I knew. Um, so it's got RJ Siler, Donald, Elise Watkins, Sebastian Chacon, Sabrina Carpenter, who I love, um, Maddie Nichols, Madison Thompson, Diego Abraham, and a whole host of others. Um, so, yes, the you're dying to say something. No, the only per- other person I knew was R.J. Seitler. He was in the movie Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. He was Earl. Ah, okay. He was a little kid, yeah. Gosh, he was really young. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and I know Sabrina Car- Carpenter from um, Girl Meets World, which I loved. Guilty, guilty pleasure. Um, okay, so, Joe, why don't you start us off? What did you think of Emergency? So... It's interesting. When when you sat down to watch this, this was a screener. I didn't fully commit to it, but it quickly drew me in because um, it, it's one of those movies where it kind of starts to set up this house of cards and sense of dread about where everything is going. It gets to so many different points where you think this cannot end well. Um, I'll describe it as kind of a, a super bad um gone wrong right super bad was gone terribly wrong but there was always that comedy element this had a weight of seriousness to it because of the the situation and the 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 perception about how the situation these young people got themselves into so it, it carried with it kind of this weight of, of of dread it played very cleverly i thought with um our biases and stereotypes and our thoughts about what's going on in the world um so it was kind of twisty turny in in that kind of way um ultimately i think it's a very bold concept that was executed reasonably well and i think you know it's definitely worth watching particularly because it is on um, on prime video um but you know i think my my overwhelming kind of um, memory of the movie is just how how adrenaline uh, anxiety adrenaline filled I felt throughout most of its running time Yazdi yeah I like this one a lot I mean it's it's uh, directed by a very young African American man who's made a lot 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 of movies it's written by a very young girl um, and exactly what you said Joe it's it's like uh, super bad meets the hangover but in a very serious tone uh, and also 100% agree with you that it plays with your biases so the the entire movie is very much it feels very much off the current time um, and I you know the, there are t- two or three main leads that depending on how you look at it they're all roommates um, and RJ Seiler and Donald Elise Watkins kind of play polar opposites you know one is kind of a very angry um, devil may care angry with the world kind of african-american teenager the other one is a you know a more do good more benevolent one and they kind of represent the two extremes of how we look at the world at at how the world treats african-americans especially young african-americans and then the third uh, roommate played by sebastian chasson he's so funny he's very good i like the script of this movie i liked how at every point it makes you question what you would do in that situation and it plays marvelously with that and 
Um, it feels like a nightmare that somebody went through um, and somehow came out on the other end. So again, for, for people who are like, well, there's nothing good to watch anywhere, I would in a heartbeat recommend, well, if you have Prime, go watch Emergency, you will not regret it. Yeah, this is, <clears throat> for me, this is a rush out and see. Great premise, lots of tension. The racial question at the center of the movie is fabulous. And it's one we always talk about when we're in our, you know, when we're on our dining rooms in groups. It's anxiety raising, blood pressure raising. It, I love that it's a light comedy mixed with absolute horribleness. It's basically a disaster movie, a misfortune after a misfortune after a misfortune. And the direction is fabulous considering this is a you know fairly young um new new director i love that it tests the boundaries of everything right like it tests friendship and gender and class and coolness and the choices you make and yes the i agree super bad meets shallow grave meets meets get out it's not as fabulous as get out but mm -hmm. it does a fine job coming right up to the mark um I just love how, you know, yes, the you and I, I think all of us have experienced this, you know, when you are another in a, mm -hmm. in a group and how that shows up. And when you meet not the others, the ones who mm -hmm. are supposed to be the same as you, even within that group of people, how there is such diversity. So even within a population of an ethnic minority, you get extremes and it covers that so well. I love this movie. Yeah, I think it kind of deftly handles some of those moments that I remember growing up where I felt that by being an outsider, by by being different to everyone else, I would somehow be judged differently and that the different assumptions would be made about my behaviors and how certain situations arose. And, you know, the, the, the example I gave I'll give is, you know, a friend of mine at a very young age did something incredibly stupid, which could have resulted in a very serious injury to an, another child. And the judgment that was passed on me versus my friend who had actually perpetrated the, perpetrated the thing was, was very reminiscent of how I, you know, how I think these kids um, could have been judged in their situation, right? So, you know, I get, I get it. And I think the movie really, you know, nailed that feeling. Um, and ask some yeah. questions. And then it also did some reversals, right? Because I think mm -hmm. um, if you've been judged in that way, then you, you put on a coat of armor and then you cover it in spikes. And I think, you know, that then leads to a set of behaviors which are almost self-fulfilling. In, 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 yeah. So again, the movie handled that kind of journey really well and cleverly. And again, it seems like an easy concept, but actually the execution of it here is 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 master class right they they did it right and i think they did it in a way that um got its point across um exactly as it should have you know it left us like you say it exposes our own biases and then flips them around on us yeah and i mean part of i think part of the reason why the movie was so effective is because the central you know the thing which kind of triggers everything for me the solution was very obvious i was just like call the cops call the cops and end of discussion just call the cops and i was so frustrated i'm like no just call the cops and they don't do that 
And it's only when you think about it, you're like, yes, I, for me, it's such an obvious choice, but I'm not the person living that life in, in having lived the life this person has lived. And so the choice they make makes sense in that situation. And so uh, it's very well grounded. And I love that, you know, the, the main final crux of the movie falls down on whether somebody's able to save a, some bacteria which might have been left out too long. So the, the inner scientific geek in me just love that. Yeah. So it's, it's, I love it's that too. It's a wonderful script. It's, it's a yeah. wonderful script. Not often you get a little bit of microbiology thrown oh, into I a know. mainstream yeah. movie. <laughs> and, and, and the three actors, the three leads are terrific. I think Donald Elise Watkins, RJ Seichler and Sebastian Chasson Chacon, I don't know how you pronounce it. They are very very good. I can't wait to see what they do next. Yeah. I I I I can wind this one up. Fabulous movie. This it will be an emergency if you don't watch it. Go out and watch mm-hmm. this 9 out of 10. I love this movie. It's a 9 out of 10 for me. Um again, very well executed, very thought provoking. Um reminded me of um the way i felt after i watched one of my favorite movies of all time which is crash mm-hmm. about its its discussion of race and interplay and prejudice yeah. and bias and you know to think that this is a young director and crew um they've accomplished something pretty remarkable here good stuff yes the yeah i think uh, it's a commentary on how how rot- how broken our uh, film distribution system is that more people don't know about a movie like this. I think this movie deserves a lot more attention, a lot more love. And, uh, you know, if if this podcast makes people go out and watch this movie on Prime, then I think our job is well done. You yeah. need to watch this movie. Very stint, uh, an eight and a half out of ten for me. Which you'll back, back down to an eight. Mm. Yeah. It's so good, though. Uh, excellent script. And, and it, it'll get you talking no matter what. That's, the, that's the key thing. I hope that people use this movie as an opportunity just to talk about the issues. There is a great scene where these two African-American guys are in a college. They're in a class and there's an English teacher and she says the N-word and just that scene is worth watching. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Because yeah. really we've had good. those discussions. Because we have those discussions and, all the time. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And to handle it in the way that they handle it, to, to give the different perspectives on that, um, you know, it's, it's something that we all grapple with. Yeah. So. Yeah. Should a word have this much power? Yes, exactly. Okay. You know what? We'll have this much power. Rashmi's pickleball serve in oh a couple God. of in a couple of minutes. So <laughs> You know what? I think Joe uses Rashmi as a front because actually Joe loves, loves pickleball. pickleball. Yeah, you can I, see it on his face. Kind of Look at that. that. I am excited. Yeah. <laughs> well, I won't keep you keep the both of you. Let's wrap up From this our podcast balls. here. Indeed, yes. yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Movie Wallers. We appreciate you. Mail at moviewallers.com, twitter.com slash moviewallers, facebook.com slash moviewallers. Uh, we've been a little quiet as of late. We shall remedy that. Yes, we so. shall. And Yazdi's back now. And Yazdi, we can't wait to see you in person and do one of these in person again. Yes, for sure. Indeed. All right. And the pickleball. And the pickleball. Yes. Everyone heard it. Yes. That's true. We'll yes. have to post pictures of Yazdi playing pickleball. I will do anything once. <laughs> Until then, too many pickleballs, too little time. Goodbye from me. And me. And me as well.